This is Just Another Bite, and I'm JT O'Connell. Welcome back to my mental clearinghouse. I had to remember the intro there. Couldn't quite remember it. Things are a little bit different today. I am with my friend Ryan. That's me. we're going to do a joint episode. Ryan has his own podcast. Ryan, what is your podcast currently called? Well, depends on when this comes out. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good point. So if you go to iTunes or... What else? What do you Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Not SoundCloud. They Not charge. SoundCloud. They charge too much. <laughs> but if you go anywhere and you type in Needle Noggin, all of my podcasts will pop up. That's interesting because I'm subscribed to your podcast, at least one of them, and I had no idea that was affiliated at all. Needle Noggin. Needle Noggin. Okay. It is a <laughs> anime reference, very obscure, but... Well, any anime reference is obscure. For to me. you, yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> Actually, I think it's obscure to a lot of people. I don't think that. Uh... Yeah, it's definitely new on me. So, needle noggin. That's me. Anyway, Ryan does a number of podcasts and is always willing to do more. So, if you have any ideas, get in touch and he'll yeah, jump on it. Let's do it. Uh, but one of Ryan's podcasts is a movie TV show review podcast. I've been on there a couple of times lately. We've covered a few things. We're going to cover a few other things, but I suggested to Ryan that we do a show on my podcast talking about a couple of movies, uh, kind of more geared towards what I do on the podcast, which is obviously cultural, um, historical references. And uh, so the first movie that I suggested to Ryan, basically because I love this movie myself, and you're you're welcome to destroy it if you want, because that that is also kind kind of Ryan's thing. Is I to, do that. I do. Yeah, that. make fun of everybody else's <laughs> opinions. Uh, the movie Lincoln Spielberg. Um, give me give me your your take on that movie. Well, you lost me in Spielberg. Okay, <laughs> but uh, as far as. You know, I'm a huge uh, fan. You know, I've read so many Lincoln books, yeah. right? So I feel like I I know a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, just kind of <laughs> all the classics. <laughs> I've been to his house, right? You know, you like mean his, his birthplace. birthplace? Yeah, yeah. I've been all over Salem, Kentucky. Huge fan, huge fan. And he's, uh, you know, he's from Lungeon Heritage, like myself. So culturally, we're in the same wheelhouse. Yeah, you Lungeons saved the country, effectively. Basically. Yeah. I mean, Elvis, Lincoln, me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what else does the country need, really? <laughs> so, but, yeah, I, I mean, I really have. I've read, like, Blood Train, and I've read, you know, I just, I feel like I've read a lot of books. And I feel like I knew a lot about the character. And they're not character. It's an actual person. The, the, the human being. <laughs> the <Yeah>. human being. <laughs> uh, as far as acting, I mean, it's an unbelievable yeah. movie. You know? Out, out of this world. Yeah. Uh, so, Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, but it's, Spielberg doesn't bring anything to the table, really, mm-hmm. to me. Um, he's about as much of a direct... I mean, maybe if he brings in a better director of photography, but it's just so... It's just... A bunch of tripods, you know. It's yeah. not like you know, a lot of lot of dolly work. <laughs> a lot of dolly work. Yeah, his movies are so reliant on the script and the actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's, he's okay. not like Clint Eastwood, where it's like a garbage script, right, right, right. <laughs> like, kind of basic, and he makes it something more than what it is. But Spielberg doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the movie is great, I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I, I feel like it was. It covered a lot of the plot points. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was kind of impressed in how much they managed to cram in there. Yeah. Um, And I know there were a lot of people 
who at the time were saying, well, you know, this could have been a 90-minute movie. Like, it's way too long. Well, but I get the impression that, like, maybe people just needed more, maybe they needed more Battlefield in it. Uh, because a lot of movies are long, but you have a lot more punchy action sequences. And this really was much more of a political thriller, mm-hmm. uh, if anything. And it's really kind of, like, nitty-gritty in that respect. And I think that's part of why I like it. Because it kind of marries the moral aspect of what was going on at that time to the fact that there's a lot of horse trading and things like that that have to go on. Like, there is an actual process, and you have to get things through the process mm-hmm. in order to make affirmative changes in the first place. Um, but before we get too much into that, I want to comment and just say that for myself, one of the things I love about it is they did an outstanding job with sets and costumes and just the feel of it. And it's not like... It's not, it doesn't appear to me like it's people wearing costumes. It's people wearing worn-in clothing mm-hmm. that, like, it's, it doesn't feel polished. It doesn't feel like, oh, we made this just for this shot. It feels much more like this is the sort of thing that, this is my Sunday suit, and I'm wearing this Sunday suit. Um, you know, you get a much fuller impression of people living in this period. Uh, and I think that's something that was done really well. I I don't really think too much about Spielberg's contribution to it, um, basically for the reasons that you laid out. But, like, yeah, I mean, just in terms of the presentation of the movie itself, it is a beautifully done movie Yeah, uh, in many in many respects. And it's really well balanced. Um, actually, an interesting thing that I recall is, uh, I seem to recall there was one historian who thought it was a good movie, but thought, you're really trying to cram too many things in, and, like, it just, the whole movie is just weighted down. And I think he... he he was kind of giving the vibe of like, okay, well, I understand where all of this is coming from, but the average person is not going to. And it's like, I didn't get that impression at all. I mean, even as somebody, you know, who does know a little bit more about the Civil War in history, I don't think at all it's an unapproachable movie for the average person. I think they really do a good job of giving you a baseline understanding of exactly what was going on at this time. Yeah, I mean, when you do a, <clears throat> any autobiographical, like, biographical film, like, you focus on one, you know aspect more than any sure and you give your little how they why why are they this kind of person yeah right yeah, and yeah. i think they did a good job i mean yeah. I, I feel like there was a lot of other stuff yeah they probably could have put in that might have yeah. been important but you know uh it couldn't have been a six-hour movie no yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's yeah. be happy we got what we got <laughs> i'm not sure if daniel Day lewis would have wanted to be that character for long enough to make a six-hour movie because yeah. he's a method actor and he just sticks with it and apparently he was lincoln for like a year and a half and it's like that's that's a bit much um yeah i mean like so they really cover so many different things Mm -hmm. in the film but i think the thing that i latched on to the most was that what i was talking about earlier the horse trading aspect of like we have processes set up in order to limit the government and its scope and therefore if we are going to operate on a moral scale, on a philosophical scale, we don't just get to willy-nilly like implement a new idea. Ideas don't just come about and then they become the the new process of society. You have to go through the processes because the government implementing a new philosophy is in some respect a trampling of the old philosophy. And with regard to uh, the, the Civil War, with regard to slavery, that was actually a superior... Uh, route to go. That was the right. That was the right thing to do. It should have happened long before. The the demolition of slavery should have happened much earlier in the country. Uh, and actually, I recorded a podcast last night that's specifically about that. Hmm. Um, and so this has kind of been on my mind in the first place. It's that podcast. I have no idea when that one's going to come out. 
Um, we'll see how I decided to launch these. But uh, just the perspective of like showing that there are people with serious moral convictions also having to deal with the engineering of statecraft and having to work that through. Because one of the things you, you get from Daniel Day-Lewis's portrayal of Lincoln, and I, you know, it was written in the script as well, is just this heavy burden of having to deal with this thing and like at the same time of feeling very passionately about this moral problem and about this problem that was also a massive issue for the war itself, also having to deal with the fact that you've got to corral all these other people behind this effort in order to deal with this issue in a permanent way. So the country was not going to have to deal with this again in the future. At least they thought. Little did they know we're still going to be burdened with it all the way down to modern times. Not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's why I like that movie. Fantastic movie, in my opinion. Uh, I've actually seen it way too many times. Basically, I used to just like... I, I used to just like throw that movie on while I was doing whatever and just let it play. I don't think I could do uh, that. Yeah. I don't think it's a rewatcher. Well, it is. It is for Vampire people Hunter in history. rewatch. Haven't seen it. <laughs> Honestly, of course, you told me to read the book. The you book is so good. <laughs> the book is so good, and the movie's not. The movie's not good. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really. Oh, good. okay. To be honest, was it Daniel Day Lewis? In my head when I was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Daniel. But Day-Lewis. wait, who, who did they get to play? Uh, Lincoln in in that then if it wasn't Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, I don't know. It wasn't some anybody, guy. Yeah, it wasn't anybody who just like Marty looked the part. Yeah, it was just some rando. Mm. And then maybe that's why maybe people didn't take it serious enough. Because <laughs> the book is legit. Like it's a good book. Oh, okay. Well, I guess read. You know, people who are readers out there need to pick that book up. People. I mean, like you might me, learn a lot. You might you learn a lot. <laughs> And I, I mean, it, you know, it's basically, they took Lincoln's diary and just added... Added stuff yeah. in. So, I mean, it's very accurate. <laughs> Besides the whole... Besides the vampire stuff. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> um, that Did it go over the loss of his children and everything in the movie? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. The I first think. child that he lost before he became president. And right. then the two. The one no, there's that he lost during his presidency. No. I think it was three total. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he. Well, lost... he did in Vampire Hunter. <laughs> and guess what? Wait, did guess one of them, did guess one of them how they died? To a vampire? Yeah. Oh my god! All of them. All of them. <laughs> okay. No, no. It was uh, it was one when he was um, still kind of a nobody, not a nobody, but like a you know a, a local lawyer and politician, hmm. um, more lawyer than politician. But anyway, yeah. And then he lost another one. As he was uh, the president. Incidentally, another interesting bit of history uh, that most people don't know: the during the Civil War, the president of the Union lost a son to oh. um, to a disease. The president of the Confederacy also lost a son, uh, and in that case, the president of the Confederacy, his son, I think, fell off of a balcony and then got an infection in the broken limb. I think it was an arm or a leg, something like that. Got an infection and died from it. Vampire. Bite. So uh, yeah, vampire. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so the other movie that I wanted to talk to Ryan about, and I'm going to put him on the spot at some point and ask him what movies he thinks are good reflections of culture and history. So he's going to have a little bit of time to think about that while we go into this next movie. The next movie is Serenity, which is very different in many ways from uh, Lincoln. Uh, <clears throat> you want to give me your pitch on Zim Serenity? Zim <laughs> Um So I'm a, I'm a huge Firefly 
fan. Right, right, right. Uh, I've done uh, podcast episodes on Firefly, and I've done podcast a podcast episode on Serenity. Serenity. Oh, okay. So, I'm uh, pretty well-versed, but it's, um, why did you choose it? Because we're talking about galactic government. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you I don't really see the correlation. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let me go ahead and give you the I pitch. mean, there is a civil war. Yeah, yeah. There's right? There, yeah. Uh, let me go go ahead and give you the pitch then. Okay. In terms of what I what, th- and this is definitely going to be spoiler laden for. Oh listeners. yeah, I mean if you haven't but, seen it, I mean it, this it's is been like, like two thousand six. Yeah, so like you really should have seen this movie. Um, but I, I I don't think anyone else gets this from the film, and so that's probably just because I'm weird. Uh, but so in the film you have the Reavers, right? And actually in the TV show they were the Reavers, mm-hmm. and the Reavers were just like these zombies who also like ran ships basically. Mm-hmm. But like if they caught you, they would eat you and all sorts of stuff, and they were just monsters, great great outer space monsters. And it was never really explained where they came from. Well, in Serenity, they explain that the Reavers come from this one planet that is, has been like stricken from the records. Nobody's supposed to know there's a planet there. And it's because the government had had an experiment on this planet where they're trying to make people better, trying to make people kind of eternally content. Mm-hmm. And on that planet, they give people a drug. They just put something in the air or something. I don't remember exactly how it's supposed to happen. They aerosolize something. Everybody is supposed to be eternally content. And 90% of people just kind of, like, lay down and die. They're so content they refuse to do anything for themselves. They don't even eat. Right. They don't do anything. They just die. And then 10% of people become crazed, violent psychotics. And that's the Reavers. That's where they come from. Yeah. And my argument is that is a picture-perfect display of when government tries to help people. This is a very libertarian argument. The government tries to help people. They try to give you a check to make you comfortable in your life because life is hard and all of this stuff. And you've got okay. a huge portion of people who are being, who are having their lives destroyed with this assistance because it's wasting their... It, it convinces you to not try, to not go out there to start a business, to not try to better your circumstance. Sit at home, watch TV, don't try to do anything, don't try to become a, a contributing member to society. And I'm not resenting these people. I'm saying... This is actually damaging to them. This is ruining their lives. And then you also have people who need to find meaning in their lives. And as a result of this governmental effort to assist them, these are folks, some of these folks, end up having to find alternatives outside of society. So these are, this is why you have people turn into gangs for a a sense of meaning, a sense of belonging. Because society has said, I'll give you a couple of bucks, but I basically don't need you. And that's, so I'm like, Serenity is a great depiction of that. And on top of the fact, you know, that fact, you've also got Mal just being a general uh, rebel to authority in the first place, which is just great from a libertarian perspective. Yeah. So. I was a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, like, I mean, it was, you know, the, the government was kind of running everything and, you know, yeah. so, kind of a Robin Hood aspect, so to speak, but. Well, kind of selfish. Yeah. A Robin Hood. Yeah, but I mean. You can say Han Solo. Man's got a spaceship, so. So okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've pitched that to other people before who have liked the film, and I've gotten some. Yeah, basically that response. Uh, okay, I, right. I guess. Yeah, I guess. No, not really. The dress is blue. It's gold. <laughs> yeah. It's blue. <laughs> um, well, that's a good thing about movies, right? You yeah. Know, you can, and same with books and any really form of media. You can just interpret it. Yeah. 
the way that you interpret things. Right. You just and draw I, out I, of it what you want. Right. And I'm, I mean, I think that that was obviously a plot of the film, is mm-hmm. that the government did something wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. But... Trying to do right, it did something wrong. Trying to do right, it did something wrong. Which we've seen before, in real life, in movies. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I guess I guess it's uh I now I'm going to think of the movie differently. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but you're right. It's uh I think that that plot point is overshadowed by um just the enjoyment of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And just the badassery. Yeah, most people are not thinking deeply philosophically while they're watching that movie. I to be honest, I wasn't either. It was like the the I think the second time when I watched it I was like, "Oh, wait a minute." Like like, this is totally something else. And I think I had, like, just watched a Reason interview or something. Oh. And so it was, like, already on the mind. Through, like, poverty structures and, or, or uh, poverty assistance programs and things like that. So it was kind of already on the mind. But just the fact that a movie can be so overwhelmingly entertaining in the first place and also have something like that in there, like, that's really cool. It's really, it's really interesting to see something like that. Um, so as far as, I mean, do you like Joss Whedon as a... I, writer? Yeah, I think I've, I've liked pretty much everything that I've seen him do. Um, but that's not... I shouldn't say that I'm a Joss Whedon fan or any, anything. I've just seen a fair bit of the things that he's done lately. And I've Cabin in the Woods? It. I did not <clears throat> see that one, actually. It was recommended to me, I just haven't seen it. So Okay, I mean, I would recommend it. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's <clears> there's a lot of movies. There's, there's, yeah, there's, uh, he's, a, he's a pretty good guy. He yeah. ruined Justice League, but... It wasn't just him. True, but he definitely played his part. <laughs> it was like him, it was the studios, it was everybody. It was at t yeah. yeah, you're right. There, there was a lot of a lot of foul play. Kind of like with Lincoln, it brings us back to <laughs> The assassination of the DC Universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I was going to ask you, and I think you've done a review of it, but I tend to not listen to reviews for things I haven't seen. What, no. did, you, what did you think of the four-hour uh, Zack Snyder cut, or whatever? Um... Because well, I, I would like to watch it at some point, but you know, I don't know that I have four hours to put into that. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a chore. Oh, okay. Um, and when you're watching it, you're just like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I wasn't a huge oh. fan of it. But I did appreciate the, the full picture. Mm. I just didn't appreciate the journey to get there. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Lord of the Rings could have been one film. The whole franchise, if you just kind of like eh, just squeeze it, mm. and you know when they all the extra stuff. First of all, honestly, my biggest. You listen to the podcast. The first thing I complain about it is uh, four three ratio. What do you? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You knew really? that? No, I didn't know that. No. So to me, that was like mind blowing. I was like, that, are you joking? Isn't that standard? Television, that's 80s television. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah, old TV. Yes, CRTs. Yes. Why would he do that? Thank you. In the beginning of the movie or the show, I TV, guess TVs aren't formatted that way anymore. In the beginning of the show, it says the following. Oh, I wish I could remember it verbatim. The following film is represented in four three ratio to keep the artistic integrity of Zack Snyder's vision. Or something to that effect. So it's like Cormac McCarthy refusing to use uh, quotation marks so you can never tell if anyone's talking because... Right. Yeah. Uh, so... So it's just... It's pretension. It's pretension. And then in my head I was like, did they just not want to pay for the special effects outside of the... 
The square? <laughs> yeah, that's where the savings is right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, is yeah, it? yeah. It's like, well, we can make that look okay. It was still ridiculous. Um, I mean, Dark Side being in it was obviously important, but... Uh, I was talking know. to a friend of mine, and, and I was like, yeah, I would like to see it. This was this week, actually. I was like, I would like to see it, but like, I mean, I don't know that I have four hours. I was like, why is it... Like, why is it four hours? And he's like, well, Zack Snyder really likes slow motion shots. I was like, now I really don't want to see it. It's like, well, so, you yeah. took, so you took a movie from being like two hours, ten minutes to make it four hours with slow motion shots? No, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, I mean, did I, am I glad I watched it? Yes. But it just reminds me that, you know, all that is kind of gone now. Mm, you know? Yeah. So I'm watching it like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like AT&T just dropped the hammer. They don't... <laughs> They don't want superhero movies. No superhero <laughs> movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ryan. Yes. Do you have any movies that you would recommend, either to me or to other people, uh, that might represent Americanness, Western civilization, things of that nature? And you could, you know, Citizen Kane, you know, whatever you want to throw out there. I actually have not seen Citizen Kane either. I've heard I What? Know. Of course I've seen I, I was a film school no, student. I knew, I knew you had seen Citizen Kane. I'm just letting people know I have not seen it. Um, um, okay. Well, don't before you watch course, Citizen Kane... Watch, I'm asking you this question after you just slandered three of the best movies ever by saying that Lord of the Rings should have just been crushed into one oh movie. Oh my god, that was such a horrible movie. <laughs> the Hobbit was worse. <laughs> I, I will agree that The Hobbit did not do And it's funny, like, you read, you've read the books? I have read the Lord of the Rings books. I never read The Hobbit, actually. Oh, my God, it's like a dictionary. And then, like, it's just... Where's the story? Um, it's kind of like... Yeah, yeah, kind of. I there's just that. so much extra, yeah. you know? It's, but it's, yeah. it's... There's there's so much world. Yeah, there's depth. There's yeah. so much depth. Yeah. In the movie, it's really just... The crust of Middle Earth. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing it, really else to it. It kind of is. It, yeah. It, to make it that long of a yeah. movie and then into the long franchise, I f- you could have done something. Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> it's, you know, nothing against the franchise. It's just awful. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, Americanism. Is that an ism anymore? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know there's anti Americanism, but is yeah. there? Is there Americanism? There's got to be if you're going to be able to stand against it. I mean, okay. Kneel against it. Anti-flag means you've got to have a flag out there somewhere. Oh, I've seen anti-flag many times in concert. Used to be a huge fan. Um, it's banned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping the listeners were familiar with it. If they weren't, you gave it away. Yeah, it's a band. <laughs> um, I'll do two. I'll do two. Some okay. older, older films, but not really. You know? Yeah. Because if you go too old, people won't watch it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Especially um, people want talkies. So instance. I'll do it in order of release. Uh, first being uh, Network. I would recommend Network. Network. Okay. No? Nothing? I I mean, I haven't seen it. But you know it? That it, it we're not talking about the one that's social network. Oh, God, no. No. I was going to say, like, why would you recommend that? Absolutely what, not. What, what, what movie is Network? Okay, I think you would probably know the cover. Um, and then the second movie I would recommend is um, Quiz Show. I would recommend Quiz, Quiz Show. Show. Okay. And you've seen Quiz Show? No, I've not. Oh, for goodness sake! Are you joking? 
Um, this, this is what Ryan gets. He invites me on his uh, podcast to review movies and TV shows, and he's asking me if I've seen movies and TV shows, and I'm no. Okay. Just no. Well, I will give you the synopsis of right. Network, 1976, off of Rotten Tomatoes. Quote, In this lauded satire, veteran news anchorman Howard Beale discovers that he's being put out to pasture, and he's none too happy about it. After threatening to shoot himself on live television, instead he launches into an angry televised rant, which turns out to be a huge ratings boost for the UBS network. This stunt, am- this stunt allows ambitious producer Diana Christensen to develop even more outrageous programming, a concept that she takes to unsettling extremes. Mm, okay. In almost like an evangelistic way. Yeah. Um, ugh, I can't believe I've never seen Network. <laughs> That's wild. Um, <laughs> quiz show. Uh, 1994, so we're going in order here. Mm-hmm. Let's see. But they, they both, um, ironically, uh, they take place around the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, keep that in mind. Uh, I will give you the movie info from Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Fiennes by... Is unbelievable. Quote, Queensborn Herbie Stimple becomes an unlikely hero after winning on America's most beloved game show, 21. When the network decides to bring in a more telegenic contestant, the waspish Charles Van Doren, Stimple takes aim at the show, announcing that the game is rigged. Congressional investigator Dick Goodwin is brought in to examine the claim that the winners were given the answers. Goodwin wrote the book on which this story is truly based on. And Hank Azaria is it? <clears throat> oh, no, I mean, uh, the, your, your main actor is actually uh, John Turturro. Um, I mean, it's... it's I can't believe I've never seen it. That's weird. That's weird to me. It is. I don't have a film degree, Ryan. Yeah, but these aren't. This is. It's like, oh, they don't. Really, you don't go to film school, and they're like, well, we're going to watch all of Robert Redford's directed films. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a thing. Um, but yeah, I would put uh, Quiz Show. Ooh, way up there. Really, it's genius, genius movie. Hmm. Um, and it's based on a real story. Oh, true okay. story, I guess. It's not a real story. Not a real story. No, true story. We can't decide what's real anymore. So, yeah, I would recommend those two. I don't know <clears throat> if they're streaming. I mean, no network is. Um, but Streaming where? For um, well, I believe network is a Warner Brothers property, so most likely you'll be able to watch it uh, on something. Maybe not. I don't know. Rent by. Yeah, it looks like you're going to have to pay for it. Or, as I always recommend, go to your local library and get it that way. Both movies, it looks like. Sorry, I only picked the best of the best. (laughs) And the best aren't available to stream. We learn that every day. That's just uh, the natural tragedy of life. So, uh, yeah. Well, I guess that gives people some... Good places to check out. Uh, the reason why I brought this up, I mentioned this to Ryan right before we started recording, was back in the day, somebody had uh, published some kind of article about like the 10 best films for uh, conservatives or you know freedom, Americanism, basically. And uh, which is, don't want to make people think that I'm saying that people on the left can't be Americanists, uh, can't be supportive of America. It's just there has always kind of been this mindset that the right has a lock on patriotism, which is wrong. But 
we seem to be doubling down on that on both sides now. But anyway, um, I thought the list was terrible. Somebody had put together a list, and it was like somebody put like the Patriot on the list. I'm like, this is this is awful, actually. And I don't know if you would have any idea like why. Mel Gibson, the Patriot. Yeah, oh. yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like he refused to fight <laughs> the British. Yeah. Even when people were saying we have actually called the prince. traitor. Yeah, it was like well. <laughs> This Anglophile over here. Right. Oh, um, that's a good point. I'm not good. Yeah, so, but, you know, he refuses to fight the British, even though there are people who have principled reasons to say no to the separation that we are declaring from England, uh, from the British crown and the parliament, is now coming to fruition. So we've got to do this. And he was like, no, 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 principled, no, I'm not going to do that. But then Jason Isaacs, you know, shoots one of his sons... Uh, and so, as a fit of revenge, he will free the country, but not in order. It's like it's just it's so backwards. Like it's so principles aren't the the focus here. It's a revenge story, basically. Right. And then at the end, like he you know stabs Tavington through the the neck with a bayonet, which is you know just uh, lovely. Anyway, so yeah, there were things like that on the list, and I really didn't appreciate it. And so I thought this is just kind of childish and stupid. I can do a better list, and I put together a list. And Lincoln was not on it because Lincoln was not out. This is like ten or so years ago, but Serenity was on it for that reason. Oh. And I'm trying to remember what other movies were on there. I feel like Aviator was. Basically, it's like Aviator. The, like yeah, like oh, it took me four days. Like the the tinkerer businessman sort of thing. No, I did that. Yeah, that. it's just. Um, I forget what other movies were on there. I think Tears of the Sun was on there, but I threw that on there just because. John Adams might have been on there, which is not a movie, but John Adams no, was a great a show. show. Yeah. Great show. Uh, good Paul Giamatti. He can't used quite to, remember what else is on there, though. He used to be so good. I used to love Paul Giamatti. Oh, wait, you're using and a past tense term here. Now he's doing me like Mazda commercials or Volkswagen. Anyway, what happened? I I don't know. This is the first time I'm hearing about oh, this. Oh, he's in he's in four. It's him and Macaulay Culkin's brother. It's Volkswagen. Huh. Awful. Oh, he no, played, no, this is this is news on me. He plays Macaulay Culkin's brother's agent. See, yeah, at some point you just want somebody to hang up the the coat and just say I'm done. Ugh. Yeah. I think Paul Giamatti would be able to also. He had a pretty successful career. No. From what I, I, I don't even know if there's anything I didn't like him in. I mean, he was in Private Parts, Sideways. He was in all these movies. I mean, he was even in The Amazing Spider-Man as Rhino. Mm. You know? I feel like there was one movie I didn't like him in. He was a... What movie was that? Just weird, crazy movie. Um... I probably it, was a sh- it was a shooting movie, you know. A shooting movie. Yeah, it's like it was all about like. Uh, <laughs> it was all about like this guy who's like really good with guns and like all sorts of crazy action with shooting. But it was also kind of like Sin City, not stylistically, but in terms of like we want to like up the the uh, ante on uh, uh, like just debasement and you know criminality. What was that? Movie? Was it the Curve the Bullet movie? No, that's wanted. That was also a terrible movie. Oh, okay. Um, I, I hated that movie. Um, the game was good. The game? The movie The Game? No, they made Wanted. They made a game. Did they really? <laughs> it was like Max Payne, but you could move the bullet. <laughs> instead, of, instead of the character, it was the bullet. You're yeah, you play as the bullet, bullet basically. <laughs> you play... You play that, <laughs> that's that's cool. the pitch, fellas. You play as the bullet. <laughs> basically. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, um, yeah. A so shooting movie. Yeah. No, I don't remember what it was. Um... 
uh, Clive Owen was in it. Clive Owen, Owen was the main character. I don't well, that's remember. not good. This is uh, this is probably somewhat unprofessional, but anyway, we should probably wrap it up here. Pretty yeah, soon. yeah, yeah, please. A little bit of a short episode. Hope everybody's enjoying it. Ryan, thank you for oh, stopping by. Everybody, Don't check out those movies. Everybody, check out those movies. Check out Ryan's podcasts. What was the? Uh, the Just key? look for Needle Noggin. Needle Noggin. Your guess is as <laughs> good as mine on that one. But I appreciate Ryan having me out to his nice house to record this. And uh, nice. I'll see everybody next time. You can shoot us any comments, suggestions, rants, hatred. I'll forward right over to Ryan if you Go like at justanotherbitepodcast at gmail The world is big, life is messy, and the devil's in the details. Be decent out there.